Well, listen, there's, I'm, I'm a massive fan of musicals. I could play music. You'll see me if you've ever seen I've got headphones on. I'm always doing something with music, but in all the songs and all the music that I love, there's only Zed Cast that makes the ears on the back of me next time. <laughs> This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Hour. Straight, Straight from, from the, the street, street end. end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. You weren't ready there, were you, Mark? I wasn't ready, no. We're still talking and you pressed record. Ah, <laughs> oh, Yeah, sorry. Um, episode 68. Uh, as you can guess, Mark's back. Mr Johnny Seven, here as always. Sat in Mark's room, not in your room. How can I be back when you're in my house? I'm always here. Yeah, it's funny one, that, isn't it? I'm not in your room, room, am I? I'm in one of your rooms. It's not like we're uh, not like, like no. Yeah, <laughs> we're not lying in the same bed or anything. Although it is a sofa bed. Uh, yeah, but we're not lying on it. No, we're not. No. Let's get that straight. No. Straight. Fully clothed. Yeah, yeah not straight. like Bert and Ernie. No. Did we say that before. I think yeah. we've done that one before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, how's life? It's all right, thanks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Can't, can't grumble like. Yeah. Oh, what about you? Yeah, you know. Shits and giggles, same as always. Come see, come sa. Yeah. Fair enough. Don't know what that means, but yeah. French, that lad. French. I still want this, Danny, I'll tell you. Yeah, um, we haven't got a game to look back on. That's no, not... we haven't. It's it. We've had boring international. Well, actually, do you know what? I like the England Scotland game was actually quite entertaining. I didn't watch it. The atmosphere was good. Mad up there, Celtic Park. Um, and yeah, both teams had to go, and England actually looked half decent. I would say. I think my as our team and club have got better over the years, and we've had more and more high-profile international players. My interest has just dwindled more and more. I don't. I don't get it. I can't. I, I think a good way forward for international football and for England in general would be. Don't enter World Cups. Don't enter European Championships. Just continually beat on a loop. Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland and, and Ireland. And I think people are quite like that. They make yeah. us look dead good as well. We had a, a question on, on, on our page of the day about uh, something about Rooney. You know, it's a big debate at the moment. Is, is Rooney in England great? And, you know, he's too off the record, isn't he? Uh, I think it isn't he... No, I think he's three to draw. Isn't he on 46 and the record's 49? So I think he doesn't he need 50 to break the... Something, something like that. Some, I think he needs three or four. Let's anyway. face it, he's going to do it. Well, yeah, he's, you know, you'd expect him to play at least another, what? I don't know, four or five years for England, maybe? Would that make him England's greatest ever forward? Well, depending on how many goals he finishes on, potentially he could be England's greatest ever player, not just forward. It's, but it's mad that, isn't it? Because, I mean, this is debate about Rooney, and he, it's just a funny way, play, place to start the podcast, but, um, you know, he's an Everton lad who's just gone on to, you know, be in that debate for the best player. We're going to get stick over this. We're going to get a load of, what are you talking about him for, eh, traitor? Yeah, well, we're not saying we're not saying he did the right thing by moving away, but, you know, he's, he's, he's approaching, um, he got his under his cap, he's approaching being the... Uh, top goal scorer he's in the debate for England's greatest ever player but is he? 
Well, no, probably not. You know, you look back, even in our lifetime, you'd probably say at his peak, Paul Gascoigne was a better player than him. Uh, you know, obviously you've got Bobby Moore, Gordon Banks, all people going back back in the day, Borley. Uh, so, but he's the best, you'd have to say Rooney was probably the best player of his generation. It's, it's mad that though, isn't it? It's like all these caps, he's, he's got 200 caps. Um, but these internationals come thick and fast, whereas the old internationals, they just seem to mean a lot more. They just didn't give caps out to everyone. And um, you couldn't try. I, I don't know, you know, I just think because we were kids, we didn't really, you know, we got carried away with hype and things. And because all the papers and the telly were saying, oh, England are on, England are good, that's why we thought it was important and we had to watch it. But as you get older and you appreciate your club more, uh, you realise that, you know, what does international football really mean? You know, that, that's when you sort of become a bit disillusioned with it. But as I say, you know, you look at England's results there. Uh, you know they've, they've won another qualifier quite convincingly, uh, and then they, they've had a high-profile friendly with Scotland and, and won that quite convincingly. Um, the downside of international week is uh, all our players got injured. Well, yeah, that's what we probably should go on to. I mean, we've got no more. We, we've got games to look back on, but you know, who cares? <laughs> so, shall we just go on to uh, the Everton news of the week? Uh, Let's do it. News! So, main news of the week, I suppose, Mark, is uh, all these injuries, as we mentioned before, our little jingle there. Yeah, obviously, you know, going into the international break, we'd, we'd lost Gannett Barry uh, to what looked like potentially a serious injury. Uh, it's probably not as serious as we first thought. Yeah, uh, I know it could be back pretty soon. And I said the best part of what I thought it was between six and eight weeks, and now it looks like it could only be a couple of weeks. Yeah, but uh, it's one of them again. Do you rush him back out of necessity, or do you give him the time to heal? At his age, he probably needs the time to heal. Otherwise, you're just what a bit of ice on it. It's just going to keep reoccurring, isn't it? So I say we, we lost Gareth Barry before the international break started, and then. And then as soon as players disappear, the way to international duty, the, the misery set in. Uh, first off, uh, very quickly after the, the international break, um, James McCarthy got sent back to Finch Farm, uh, was declared not fit enough to play with this reoccurring thigh problem that he seems to be plagued with this season. Uh, so, luckily he didn't get played at all by Ireland over this 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 break, and and, and has been back at Finch Farm, and hopefully there's a chance he may be fit for the for, for the game at the weekend. Uh, and then that was closely followed by England were playing on a Saturday, uh, and the news broke on Friday that, that Leighton Baines had got crocked in training, uh, and, and was also sent back. Bet it was, bet it was Henderson. Or Sterling. Yeah, probably Sterling, wasn't Some it? Some snidey little... Yeah. Um, flick of the boot or something. Uh, yeah, so, so Baines, he was out. Uh, Gibbo gets sent home Gibbo's tweaked his knee again he comes home uh, and uh, we then hear that after the, the Slovenia game that Jack Elkin had also picked up some kind of knock but it looks like that wasn't serious because he did play the second half apparently that was a dead leg just a dead leg So, um, but yeah they've, they've certainly been dropping like flies and at the moment uh, you know, our defence is looking very threadbare due to all these injuries yeah, so normally you'd say 
uh, you know, if Baines is out, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit in the preview. If Baines is out, he's put Distan over there and bring a centre back in, but we've got no centre backs to come in. So yeah, obviously, with you know, long term injuries, John Stones, uh, Alcaraz, you know, they're not going to be able to come in and cover. Uh, the only real cover at the moment, defensively, you know, is 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 Hibo and and probably Ty Browning, and, and both of them are predominantly right-sided players. So uh, the fact that we're struggling a little bit, the left-hand side of the pitch is, is not good news. Uh, do you think we're going to see Luke Garbutt maybe come in? Or I'd imagine, I'd imagine. So I, I I think that makes sense. It doesn't make sense to play Hibbert or and it doesn't show a whole lot of confidence if you play Hibbert or Brown in there. Uh, Tony has done an interview today though and says he, he he's happy to come in and, and play at left back. Um, I must say that doesn't instill me with a lot of confidence as much as I love Tony a bit. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I I wouldn't really particularly like to see Seamus go over to that side either. Cause, no, you know, well, if you've got a left like, left side lad there, then why not play him there? Exactly, I, I agree with you. Unless you know. you know, we heard a few years ago that he wasn't the business, but we've seen him a couple of times since, and he looks like. He looks decent, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, it is unlucky, though, when you, when you think about it. Isn't, it is unlucky, isn't it, to have Bainesy, Oviedo, and Barry all out at the same time and then not have any cover for Distan to be able to play there either. It's a, yeah, it's a mad one. That's why it's a, it's a squad game these days, isn't it, I suppose? So, yeah, so it it hasn't been good, has it? And and the as we said, the, the main injury, really, that we've come away with looking long term is probably that and Leighton Baines but we're, again we're getting these varying reports aren't we on length of injury and actual damage done to him yeah I don't know I mean is, is this rain like Roberto is this the the least we've ever found out about injuries we keep finding out that these injuries happen but you know I'm sure Moyes used to come out and say yeah he's got a you know he's got a problem with this and he'll be out for a little while well, you know what it is? We just don't hear negative news come out of the club, do we? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. We just don't hear anything that could sort of be classed as a negative news story. We never seem to hear. You know, we've talked numerous occasions about how Martinez is always thinking everything's, you know, amazing and brilliant <laughs> and and wonderful. Uh, so, obviously, injuries are not amazing, brilliant or wonderful, so we just don't get... So when he got the news about uh, Leighton Baines' injury, do you, th- do you think he said, oh, thank you, that's incredible news, that's incredible, that's fantastic? <laughs> do you think he said that? He might have said that on the phone, but I'm sure as soon as the phone went down, he probably started like stamping up and down on the floor he went, and kicking mm- things around his office. Oh, is that, is that French or Spanish? Merde. That, that's, French. that's French. I don't think he'd say that. Damn. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah, so... I mean, looking on on Everton web page today, have said you know the Baines is touch and go, which tells us nothing really. In all honesty, um, I've heard things this week saying he could possibly be out with up to almost six weeks with some sort of hairline fracture, possibly. But we're, we're, I think we're going to have to wait and see on that. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it will be. There's a shorter end of the scale there. Um, yeah, because. You know, we we could do a players back, but you know, I just hope if he if he's not, just throw Garber in, please, Roberto. As you'd always listen, we we know, we know we listen to the not better, just better Everton podcast. So we are begging, yeah. Well, I, I'm I am anyway. Just stick a left sided player on the left hand side. Don't be because Hibbo's gonna keep having to turn, isn't he? 
You're going to have to keep having to turn back inside. You know if Garber plays now and he's terrible, you're going to get to blame. Oh, it's okay. I'll be willing to take that. I'll take that, take yeah. that on the chin, yeah. Um, it's coming about time for Baines, hasn't he? Because uh, this, just this week he's been named uh, Everton's Player of the Month. Uh, obviously for last month, the month of October. Um, and some people are saying that he's currently in the form of his life. Is he? I don't think so. I, I can remember times, probably I'd say the season before last maybe, with the, where the great link up play with PNR. Murdering people down that left hand yeah, side. Yeah, when he was proper, proper, proper bombing on and whipping balls in and uh, mixing it up, having a go, knocking free kicks in. Yeah, I think that was a better season for him. He's more, more. He was more dynamic then. Don't get me wrong. I think he's playing well at the oh, moment. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't think he partic- uh, To me, he's not standing out head and shoulders above other people where there's been times in the past where, where he has done for, for large parts of the season um, you know obviously he's, he's got a load of assists this season I that, think that's, that's it that's, that's, that, that's documented isn't it um, and it, it's probably at a time where you know there's not that many great fullbacks really knocking around in Premier League at the moment I, I wouldn't say or particular or ones that are particularly informed so Obviously, Seamus and, and Bainty a bit more, so the season are getting, getting quite a lot applauded. So, form of his life for me, no, but definitely good form. Yep. So, moving on from Bainsey, uh, I don't think you've written this down. Uh, a little bit of happy news, uh, good news. Incredible um, news. Incredible, yeah. Um, on the injury front, is that uh, Morales is pushing for a first team place this yep. week. He's meant to be back from injury. Yeah, back into full training. Um, I don't know whether that means you know back on the bench at the weekend or maybe he's a week or so away from that. Um, I think we've missed him. You know, definitely. You know, I've criticised Morales in the past for sometimes not turning up in games, maybe not always. You know, fulfilling the potential that he's clearly got. Um, but yeah, I really think we've missed him. You know, McGeady's come in. He's had a, a number of, of goals now, cracking that first team and, and maybe pushing for a real first choice slot. For me, he hasn't done that. He hasn't really pushed on. Um, and and yeah, I, for one, will be more than happy to see a, a fully fit Kevin Morales back in the start now. Yeah, I think he's he's really started to push on this season and started to get his head down a little bit more and show a little bit more desire for it, uh, for, for the game and for the club. And I think the injury came at a bad time for him. I mean, obviously, injury never comes at a good time. But, um, yeah, same as you, really. I think McGeady hasn't set the world on fire. You know, he's divided opinion a lot, really, but more so people just don't think he's very good. And we need someone to electrify that right-hand side again. Um, because at the moment... I don't think it's working with him and uh, Coleman. They, they just they get, it's not that they get in each other's way, but when was the last time you saw Coleman bombing on? I think yeah, there was one time, and that was when we got the penalty against uh, Sunderland. Did I say penalty then? Yeah, I think you did go a bit Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle, sorry, Jagalalka and penalties. Uh, yeah, when we got the penalty against uh, Sunland, <laughs> Sunland, <laughs> um, we uh, I think that was the only time we've seen Coleman bombing on really. I always think when we've got Morales in the team, it gives us another option, and that option is, you know, we can be in our own half, and you can ping a ball up, and he can, you know, he's got the pace to, to really run onto a ball and attack it, and, and really catch people on a direct sort of counter attack. 
Um, I don't, I, you know, last time we spoke on the podcast, I, you know, I said you do that to McGeady, and he gets there, and then he he, he turns around and goes backwards and, and slows the play down. But Kev won't. Kev will be more direct. Uh, so yeah, I just hope he's fully fit and he and he can stay fit for the rest of the season because let's face it, he has had a problem with with keeping fit, hasn't he? And since he's he's been at Everton, um, but yeah, more than happy to see him back. Okay, we'll probably we'll talk more about that later on as well, like uh, where he might fit in. Um, we forgot to mention as well. If you hang around for the end of the podcast, we've got uh, it's, it's Everton related news, I suppose. Uh, a little chat with. Tony Bellew, uh, from a couple of years ago. It's, it's, it's <coughs> Mark's just dying. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's almost exactly two years ago, this mm. chat. Uh, so I think he's had three or four fights since then. But you get to hear a little bit about his mentality. Uh, he, had, he had a chat with Paul, our mate from since 1878. Um, and you're going on Saturday to watch the bomber, aren't you? So that's Everton-related news. Oh, I, I am, yeah, and I, obviously this isn't a boxing podcast in any way, but it is an Everton podcast, and let's face it, Tony Bellew is probably you know, one of the club's favourite sons at the moment, and is a staunch Everton supporter. Uh, and when I say staunch, I'm not just talking about, you know, he comes down to the ring with the Everton badge on to try and generate a, like a fan base. Um, we see him in away games, don't we, on his own money. He's not there with the club. He's there in with the fans. He probably could be there with the club as well, couldn't he? You know, with the, the, the connections sure. he has. Yeah, he... I'm sure he could. He could, you know, blag freebies with his his, his sportsman status and celebrity status. Or just offer to just say he's going to knock people out. If or, or just threaten to batter people to get in. Yeah, obviously. But but no, we, you know, we see him at most away games. To be fair. Uh, and he's in with the crowd and he's down having a pint of, well he's probably not having a pint he's probably having a, a mineral water uh, with everybody at half time and, and you know he interacts with the fans and, and he really is a true Evertonian and, and for that you know the way he supports our club I, I, I'll support him in his sporting endeavours and yeah I'm looking forward to Saturday uh, home to West Ham Goodison all day and then over to Liverpool Arena at night for the uh, the big fight and there's quite a few other good boxers on that card yeah so cool so hopefully uh, a, a double blue victory that weekend uh, and to anyone who listens to the end of the podcast and listens to the interview with Bellew um, if you are trying to teach yourself scouts this is a good place to start because he is a very scout man yeah he definitely is um, so away from the bomber uh, I can't work out what you've uh, what you've written here do you want me to read it out to you on, you read it you read it I've wrote this is what I've wrote Martinez plays up youth so Robbie Martinez has, has talked people up for a change uh, basically he's been doing a number of interviews through this week he did like one of these an evening with Roberto Martinez at, I think it was the Titanic Hotel in Liverpool uh, he's also done a couple of community events there was one in uh, Speak up at the new school and education centre up at Speak uh, and he's been talking about you know his plans for the club in the future and he said uh, when he spoke about the youth team there's possibly three youth players that may make their senior debuts this season So he hasn't said who they are but we're but, thinking one will be Ledson. Well, he's already made a senior debut, hasn't he? I don't think he came on, no. I don't think yeah, so. Get on the pitch. I don't think so. I thought he'd made his debut. Well, we should have checked that out, really. Again, <laughs> our, our research uh, team are non-existent. So we, we haven't bothered to check that out, obviously. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's three youth team players. So 
Um, well, I mean, it could be. Um, did, did Chris Long get a go? Well, I'm thinking Hennon. Hennon just broke into the under 21s, hasn't he? After this, uh, you know, he's much publicised on off move to Everton and has been doing well by all accounts. So I think possibly, you know, we are, we're not exactly blessed up front at the moment, are we? So is he? But is he claiming Hennon as one as our as one of our, one of our youth? And well, at the moment, he's a he's a youth team player, isn't he? He hasn't made a senior debut, so I would say he would probably be my pick to be in those three. Has Garbett made a league uh, league appearance? He's yet? made a senior performance, hasn't he? He's played in the cup. Yeah, he's played in the cup. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Um, also, when Roberto did this speech at, uh, this week at the centre up and speak, he, he had his ambassadors with him, and his ambassadors have been announced. Did you mention this last week at all? Or? No, don't think I did. Um, you know, the three S's are now officially club ambassadors. I already thought they were, but it's only been made official this week. Um, we've been calling Mr Snowden ambassador. Ambassador, Mr Ambassador. Ambassador Snowden for a little while now, haven't we? Um, but, yeah, Snods has been announced as one of them. Uh, Graeme Stewart and also Graeme Sharp. So, if you're an ex-Everton player whose surname begins with S, you're pretty much a shoo-in. Um Joe Park, not, not on that list. No, well, his name doesn't begin with S, does he? You, you're not paying much attention here. I think Neville Southall's probably in the running. Gary Stevens, maybe Trevor Stephen. So, Vinny Samways, do you yeah. think? Yeah, He'd yeah. make a good club ambassador, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, do you know what their role is? Bacon. Bacon? Yeah, no, I'm just being random. Bacon roll. Uh, no, I don't know what the role is either. I've got no idea what they do. I think they just go around telling everyone how good everything is. Well, I think it's 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 a corporate thing, isn't it? When people get into the corporate events, they go uh, and they get get into the corporate lounges and stuff. Then they go and greet them and spend some time with them at the tables, and they represent them at uh, stuff like the Chang sign and deal, like that, that, that kind of thing. I think that's what it is. Well, all three are sort of, you know, friends of the podcast, aren't they? They're all people who appear at, at, at players and, and do you think they'll, they'll go all corporate on us now and won't speak to us? I've never spoke to Sharpie anyway. I have. It's hard work, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Graeme Stewart and, and, and Snowden, two of the nicest fellas you'll ever meet. Yeah. Two top Evertonians. Yeah, and, yeah. and, of course, Sharpie is as well. He's just got that Scottishness about him, I think, so... <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. So good luck to them in the new ambassadorial role. Do you think they'll have like they're gonna have like big posh parties and uh, they've got diplomatic immunity now and be able to go and commit crimes in other countries? Get, get driven rounds and big Bentleys with one EFC on and like the big blue ribbons on them. Little flags on the corner. Oh, that'd like, be bulletproof Mercedes. Yeah, that'd be yeah, boss. I think so. Um, I've got some big news. I've sorted out my season tickets so I can get into European League. <laughs> oh, yeah. did, you, did you talk about this? Well, um, I, I didn't mention how I got in. <laughs> I just said thank you for those people who were to, kind enough to accommodate me. To any of our listeners, uh, Johnny Seven actually owes Everton Football Club £34. And I think, you know, he's terrible for not paying it because that's part of our transfer budget. So if we don't sign anyone in January, it's because this man, this man here, Decides to get in for nothing. I couldn't help it. Uh, my card didn't work, and I didn't know why. So the he, steward just let me in. Yeah, he targeted the steward. He was ninety-seven years of age and looked like I'm he sh- didn't didn't know what he was I'm doing. I'm sure the people in the Gladys Street who sit there will know who we talk about. <laughs> we're talking about it. Um, yeah, so big news. I've sorted it out. So, uh, Kaznazar game 
be sorted. I should just uh, I shouldn't get the red light of death. Great. Okay. Big news that. Um, another nice little story. Uh, a book's come out this week. A new book about uh, Davy Hickson, a Cannonball Kid. Uh, you know, it's meant to be a, a good little read that's been getting launched this week, and I think they're doing some sort of. Uh, Signing, well, obviously not a signing, but they're, they're giving away copies and, uh, at the St Luke's Church uh, before the West Ham game this week. Yeah, be good that proper, proper, proper blue. Yeah, and I, I think some of the uh, the profits might go to to his family or a charity that's been set up with his name. So uh, try and get hold of that. Um, Dave Ixon was a hard man on the pitch, uh, and another hard man on the pitch I like this it. week. Has come out uh, two weeks ago. We were raving on about how much we we, we like this person, uh, and we like how open he is with the press. And that was Roy Keane after he made some glowing comments about Everton, and some not so glowing comments about Liverpool Football Club and his new book. This week he's been moaning, basically saying that uh, Roberto Martinez is doing a little bit of a shit house trick uh, and not releasing James McCarthy uh, and Seamus Coleman for for Island games. Do you, know, do you know what? You should just tell Roy Keane to, I know what you're st- say. to stick Ireland up his bollocks. Stick it up your bollocks. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't really get what his point here is. We sent James McCarthy and they sent him back because he was injured. We sent Seamus Coleman and he played for them. I don't, what's the problem? don't know. Every time we send Ireland players, do you send them back injured? <laughs> <laughs> Apart yeah. from McGeezy, we actually... <laughs> I'm not going to say we would do that because that's not nice but you know um, I don't get Roy Keane's point McGeady plays virtually every game for them Seamus Coleman went fifth plays every game for them I know James McCarthy's missed the last four or five Ireland games on the spin I think but what does he want us to do does he want us to stop playing them for Everton and just save them for Ireland games I, I, I don't understand no don't know don't get it should know better than that Roy Maybe he just needs to. He, he's getting a lot of stick about the love that he showed Everton, so he felt like he needed to just wind it in a little bit. Did you know how he decided what route he decided to go down by basically saying Roberto Martinez doesn't know what he's doing because he was a crap player? <laughs> Is that what he says? Yeah, if I was Roberto Martinez, I'd just turn around and say, Well, you don't know what you're doing because you were a crap manager. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Argument's yeah. over. Yeah. And your beard's not very good either. Yeah. It's all grey. And you're not even that old. And I look better in brown shoes than you do. Yeah. Good arguments then. Uh, so, other news we've got here. I think this is a, possibly a year or two too late for our liking. Somebody's trying to talk themselves into a move to Everton, and it's, it's Scott Sinclair. Where were you two years ago? I'll when... tell you where he was. He was uh, laughing all the way to the bank, signing for Man City on daft wages, uh, with every football fan in the country and everybody in football saying that's a terrible move you're never going to get a game yeah. and has he ever got a game? Uh, barely no he's never got a game uh, and now he's miserable uh, and he's wasted the best years of his career uh, and now he's he's asking for a move to either Southampton or Everton so you know he, he's not going to take a move to, to Leicester or, or West Ham or somewhere he wants to go to Southampton or, or, or Everton I think he's missed the boat. So. You know, if you can bring him in on a free in January on loan for the half a season or something, you know, maybe, yeah, I'm not maybe saying we cover some injuries. But he's not. If he thinks he's going to walk into our team, he's, he's got uh, 
he's got a, a lot to prove, I think. See, when was that? I say, when's the last time anyone ever seen him play? Yeah, he, he, Roberto. Sorry, Roberto. What did Roberto have him at? Uh, did he have him at Swansea? Uh, no, I think he was after. I think he was after Roberto was when he wasn't he? Went yeah. after. Don't know. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's been pretty quiet on the old uh, player front. We haven't really been linked to anyone in particular. There's a lot of talk about this this lad from Barcelona, this fullback that we're meant to be chasing. Uh, along with Liverpool, but I've completely forgot his name. Can you shed any light on that, Johnny? Got no idea. It's not. I Bru- think it's not Broomer, is it? No. We have been linked with him again. Montero or somebody, possibly. Mm. Um, but I think it was one of those paper talk, load of rubbish. Um, so, say so yeah, it's transfer silly season hasn't particularly kicked in yet. But I say we're only really a month away from the old transfer window opening, aren't we? A month or so. I'm sure it will over the next couple of weeks. It'll definitely kick in, yeah, definitely. And we'll be linked with all sorts of Tom, Dick, and Harry, and you'll hear it first on the podcast. You'll we'll be linked with every defender ever. Yeah, the way it's looking at yeah. the moment. Yeah, and uh, uh, the odd striker here and there. Uh, and good news though, uh, apparently Glenn Johnson has is going to sign for Roma next season. Is that good news? Well, he, he's rubbish. They might actually get a good right back. Yeah, but if he, he goes away on a free and they don't get any money for him. Then, yeah, and he paid nineteen million. They lose a player, and they've got no money. So there you go. Um, last bit of news is something that we always get asked about. Uh, you know, whenever we ask people if they want us to talk about anything on the podcast, it's virtually always uh, what you know about the ground. Um, it looks like today there's been some sort of media release from the club, basically saying that uh, the, the planning application's all done, and it'll be submitted. At, uh, sometime in the summer of 2015 if it's all done why don't they just submit it tomorrow don't know so Walton Hall Park uh, the venue uh, it's very controversial uh, again divided opinion probably maybe about 30-70 think that you know they don't want to lose the greenery and they don't want a big football ground in the area that they live uh, they want to be able to walk the dog um, why don't they just? Why don't they give them a little bus route and let them walk the dog at Anfield and let them <laughs> shit on there because they got a lot of shit there anyway. So. I like it, yeah. I see what you see where you're going, yeah. Um, I'm sure that the you know there'll still be enough greenery and some sort of park in place uh, to, to for people to walk the dog. Have you ever actually been through Walton Hall Park properly? It's absolutely huge. Not for a long, long time. You don't realise just how big it is. I mean, there's like already like ten football pitches there, all towards the back where they play like they play like quite. High, there's some good pitches there. They play like high quality, high level finals and stuff for like regional games. Do they still have the American football pitches there and the basketball courts? I think they do. Yeah, it's massive. You just don't realise how big that that actual bit of greenery there is. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could put Goodison on it, uh, you know, and some sort of. Surrounded facilities, leisure facilities, retail facilities, and still have room for a, a decent-sized park. So, uh, I, I'm pretty certain this is where we're going to end up. This is the one that's probably, I think, is the most realistic out of all our previous moves. Well, uh, we we got to the stage. I mean, they haven't jumped the gun and released all you know graphic design, um, you know, layouts of how it's going to look. They're going ahead and doing it by the book aren't they and they're trying to actually get it all sorted before they jump the gun with all that stuff so it's a good sign and it's um, 
This seems the most legit to me. You know, you, you look at all the... Well, the Kirby and the King's Dock were the last two, weren't they? They're, they're the two major ones, aren't they? They're the two we know were definitely real deals in the past. And, you know, the, the main moment about Kirby was it was outside of Liverpool. Uh, well, this certainly isn't. This is only a mile down the road. It's still in Bolton. You can't get any closer, really. What was the other really. option? Was it uh, that best way, the best way venue on off Scotty yeah, Road? Yeah, that was never really, I don't think, a legitimate option. It was a plan that was there to put it right on right on the outskirts of town, wasn't it? Right on the edge of town, just by the university, uh, top end of Scotty Road. But I think you know, that didn't really make sense with transport in and out to the ground, whereas whereas this does make a lot of sense. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but I would suggest probably by, I don't know, maybe 2020 we'll be, we'll be in a Walton Hall Park. Could be, yeah. 2020s, I mean, well, how long will it take the planning, the whole planning side of things? If that's submitted summer 2015, so what, six months from now, uh, and then it goes ahead to do it the season after, start it, maybe a year or two, maybe a year in production, so to speak. Uh, so it could be 2017, 2018. Do you know what would be nice if, um, if you know, FIFA get found to be the crooks that they are, uh, and then the Qatar World Cup falls through, England win, get the bid for that. And then we get our ground built for Nottingham as part of the World Cup plan. That would be great, That'd yeah. Be all right, wouldn't it? we still have money to spend on players. I'll be all right. Yeah. Um, so that's the news of the week, really. Uh, mixed bag. Um, I don't know. What, what, what news do you prefer talking about? Uh, do, you like, do you like the transfer rumour, Mel? Well, yeah. I mean, when, you, when you're doing it through the summer and it's going on for weeks and weeks on end, and, and we know this year, you know, we had, we had real sagas, didn't we? We had the Lukaku saga. Uh, there was like a number that was Bosto because it unravelled it live. was but it felt like you know Groundhog Day every time we were doing the yeah, podcast I suppose, yeah. whereas I mean the the winter transfer window is quite a short transfer window isn't it so you know it'll only go on for it you know two or three podcasts so uh, yeah I know I quite like it it gives us an extra something to talk about uh, and it's always good to see sightings of uh, Raquel May or or Messi on County Road on County Road in County Road Chippy yeah or, or in da- a little brick cafe, or, or down by the Odve. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I quite enjoy talking about the transfer rumours. I miss them mm. in an odd way. Uh, yeah. So news of, news of the week there, and um, we'll be back with a little bit of social media and your thoughts on Evan in a minute. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, not bitter, just better. Or you can find us on Twitter at just better EFC. Okay, so there you are, our social media links. Feel free to get in touch. Um, but before we go into uh, your thoughts, we're just going to talk about a little bit, back to International Week. And social media blew up a little bit this week. What about blew up? Blew up, yeah. What, like actually... Twitter was on fire. Yeah. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Blew up. Yeah. She broke Twitter, broke the internet. That's the one, isn't it? Um, No, Ross Barkley. uh, Again, opinions were divided. Do we want Ross to be playing in our England? Do we want our our Everton players to be in our England squad? Um, Well, across the two England games, he got a whopping six minutes at the end of the England-Scotland game. So he he was one player we didn't really have to worry about getting injured. Yeah, he's meant to be England's great hope, and then you've got players like 
Um, I don't want to knock this fella too much because he, he's going to be facing us on Saturday. But Stuart Downing ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, so James Milner. James Milner. in the centre of the park. What are you going to find out about James Milner that we don't already know? I'll tell you what, what James Milner does. James Milner runs. That's all he does. He runs around the pitch. He gives you nothing else except he can run. He's a very average footballer that runs. He does a decent. He puts a decent shift in every game, though, doesn't he? Do you not get what people see in James Milner? I have to sit through bloody posts on our Facebook page continually saying Everton should sign James Milner. Everton should sign James Milner. I just don't get it. He must be doing something right though. If he's still at City now, because if you look at Gareth Barry. Yeah, he still, runs. That's could, it, he runs. He could still be at City now, but he's not. He but didn't James, run as much as James Milner. James Milner. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people wondering where Barkley was, why why he wasn't starting both games. Uh, you know, I'm, on his form, let's face it, should he be starting? Well, no, he shouldn't at the moment. But I think what really blew Twitter up from an Everton point of view was uh, when he did get on. Uh, for his, his five minute cameo um, a couple of loose touches led to him getting absolutely berated from the touchline by um, that genius of world football Roy Hodgson and his saggy face <laughs> um, Will he ever have a prolonged run in the team while Hodgson is manager? Do you think he's still got this red, red man- mentality? I, I just I don't think he likes Barkley's style because Barkley's style is what good. Well, no, but Barkley Barkley will lose the ball a lot. We know that he will lose the ball. You know, sometimes he doesn't play a pass. Sometimes he will try to to overplay. And I just don't think Roy Hodgson likes he, that. Unlike Henderson, who will just flick, flick a header into his own net. Well, I know, but yeah, yeah, you know, it, would I play Ross Barkley in England team? You know his current form is is not very good, I would say. But I would still play him because going into the next tournament, you would expect Ross Barkley to be one of the best players in England, as as everybody predicts. So the, the problem with England though is uh, the, the the they're not picked on form. Are they? If you look at it, they're picked on um, well, status. You would, no, on. you would say at the moment they are being picked on form. Some you, of them. Stuart Downing is in the England team. Ricky Lambert. Form. Well, yeah, yeah. All right. I again, Ricky Lambert coming on. We're going away from Everton here, but why do you not give that Berahino kid a, a game? Because he's, on, he's on fire. He's the future, and yet you bring on Ricky Lambert. Bizarre, but there you go. Um, yeah, but I just think you know what, what sort of image. You know, you've won international break. You've got Roy Hodgson there, like letting uh, Raheem Sterling miss a game. Because he was a little bit tired, putting his arm around him. Ah, oh, little Raheem. The next England break, you've got Ross Barkley coming on, clearly frustrated, clearly running around wanting to make some sort of impact because he, he's barely had the kick of a ball in two weeks and getting absolutely roasted on the touchline in front of cameras uh, by bad puss. Yeah, don't get it. I, I just really... I'm really, really starting to dislike Roy Hodgson. Starting? I disliked him anyway, but, yeah, I'm starting to really, really dislike him. He's probably doing the best out of, you know, results-wise, out of any England manager in the God knows how long, but 
Does it mean anything? Yeah. It's a shocking World Cup. Yeah, but his results in the, in the in the group stage is so far. Yeah, but look how diluted the groups are. I know, I know, I know. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we uh, people weren't happy with our, with our Ross getting shouted at. No, uh, I I put a light-hearted uh, question on our Facebook this week. Who put the ball in the red shite net? That was the question. Well, all right, okay. There's quite a lot of choices there over the years. Um, so Kev Houston. Super Kevin Campbell. He scored in a scramble. Uh, is this how we're going to play? Do you want to read out the name and I'll try and remember the goal? I'll probably embarrass me. I don't know why I've set myself over this because I'll probably embarrass myself. But Kev. Last time he won at Anfield. Bit of a scramble. Super Kev. Bump. Instant Everton legend. Kev Blue Nose Birchie. Sheedy. Boom. 18 nil Satis. 78. Uh, a nice little free kick, V's up to the cop, I would suggest he's talking about there. Some a goal we've talked about a few times on the podcast. My all time Everton hero, Kevin Sheedy. Anyone who sticks the V sign up to the cop, you've got to love him. Mark Fairclough. Beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, another great one, Sunderland away. Uh was it what was it Sunderland? Darren Bent, wasn't it? You were to I think it was, and it was going trickling wide, and it was the beach ball, and completely uh, befuddled uh, Pepe, Pepe Reina. <laughs> Great goal! I just I and it was we from were, a red shite who said we were at home. That day, weren't we? obviously because they were away, and I think we were at home. And didn't we find out in plays or something? And said you won't believe this: a beach ball has just scored against <laughs> Liverpool. And we were all like, we were all sitting there thinking, who could he mean by mm-hmm. beach ball? Is this a joke? Like, is there a player called like I don't know? Juan Romero beach ball eh, or something and it turned out no an actual beach ball it's good yeah Sean Jones and Rishi Kumar both say Super Lee Carsley say no more big massive pile on great goal yeah um, again against the red shows <laughs> this one not many people saw Aaron Warcraft Super Dan Gosling <laughs> yeah uh, FA Cup replay the famous Game switches off in extra time on ITV, Malarkey. Um, about the only good thing he ever did at Everton. Uh, Tim Summerfield, Super Andrew Johnson. He did it twice, didn't he? He did do it twice, so I don't know which one he wants to talk about, but uh, I'm thinking probably the, the, where he put the 3 0 sign up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the famous one. Mark Crabtree, not an Everton player, but an adopted son, we might say, after uh, his, uh, after last season. Denver Bar. Temba Bar, one of my favourite all-time goals against Liverpool. Good old Slippy G. Uh, Dave Bennett says Wayne Clark. <laughs> Do you remember that one? <laughs> no. Just, just well, nice one, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was doing so well then as well. Um, yeah, Wayne Clark. It's a cracker, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember uh, these ones, Mark? Stuart Housley said Dixie did several times, and he used to bow to the cop. Yeah. Well. I, cu- I couldn't detail yet any of them, um, but I'm sure they're captured somewhere on Pathé News. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, again, good old Dixie bowing to the cough. Good lad. Good one, this one. The goal that never was when uh, Graham Powell shit himself. Uh, Don Hutchinson off the back of his bonds. Yeah, good old Don. Uh, any shots for Danny Cadamartri there? Ripping beyond talk of Army and New Arsenal. Oh, no, that was a goal. That was, yeah. that was classic. Um, Danny Cadamartri John Cheatham has put in I don't know why on our Facebook uh, app page um, 
it blocks out when people put all capitals in caps lock. So it must must think that they're shouting at us, not shouting with us. But somebody's wrote, Jags. Jaggy, okay. It's what good. Somebody actually put a, a meme of that in as well. It's good, but it's not quite Jaggy, okay. It's not quite Jaggy, okay. Up there with Graham Sharp, the best all time. Derby goal, probably. Yeah, so... Um, there's loads more to bet. Who else has put oh, the ball yeah, 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 Timmy Cale, numerous times. Duncan Ferguson. Uh, who else can we think of? Big Rom. Yeah, Romelu, twice last season. Yeah, so, you know. Leon Osman. Yeah, to Arteta. Arteta, yeah. Loads. Loads down the years. Yeah. Um, more. I, I just wanted people to join in with a song, really. <laughs> Fair enough. Why not? <laughs> What else did we have on our social media this week? Well, the main thing was, I mean, apart from that, you know, a little light-hearted one, I wanted people to get in touch with um, their voice recordings of uh, their favourite Everton memory because there was a lot we did last week. And uh, one that stood out for me, he didn't actually send a voice recording in the end. Um, And it's not necessarily an Everton memory as such, but it it kind of is. It's uh, one of our... Uh, listeners from Down Under, who's uh, sent us a nice email saying how much he enjoys the podcast, uh, Carl Burnett. Um, and he said he's been a... Uh, I think he's from actually from Australia, and he's been an Evertonian for... Uh, Not like a fake Australian, like, like Carl. Who, like Carl, yeah. He's yeah. been too busy to send us a recording this week, Carl, haven't you? You've been too busy getting engaged. Uh, congratulations, by the way, mate. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll forgive you for that one. Um, no, he's actually, I think he, this lad's actually from Australia, Carl Burnett, and he, um, he it was, bloody hell, it was, a lo- it was a long email, and it was, um, it was quite a sad story, really, he was he was on his way home from watching it, I can't, I can't, it Brisbane, what are they called, Brisbane Blades or whatever. Brisbane Roar, isn't it? Brisbane Roar. Br- Brisbane Roar. He was, he was on his way back from watching. World what- football knowledge, that's on. Yeah, he was on, on his way back from watching them, uh, and he was in a taxi, and he got, uh, I think the term was T-boned, uh, in a crossing by by some somebody coming in doing what, what's 150 km fast about 100 fast about 100, 100 it's probably just over it's well it's over a ton yeah over 100 miles an hour rammed into the passenger side where he was sat and basically everything that could go wrong with him you know like collapsed lung broken leg broken ribs um, broken ankle he was in a bad way a coma for seven days and um not to make light heartness of this, but he actually had more injuries than Aruna Kone. That's how bad he was. Yeah, he was that bad. That's yeah. how bad he was. Um, but you know, he 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 pulled through when his and his missus was uh, ten weeks pregnant as well. And uh, I think he I think he ended up getting in touch with the club, um, Everton, and and they sent him a, a signed shirt all the way down to Brisbane, uh, saying get well, get with a get well soon card and stuff like that. So that's a nice touch, isn't it? And it's, that shows why, you know, a fella. You know, he's probably not been to many games, has he? Well, let's face it, he's, not, he's probably not well, been over here. He lives in Brisbane he's now. I mean, uh, you know, you couldn't expect him to get a flight over every week or every other every other week to have a season ticket no, and go to the game, could you? But he's a blue. But he's a blue. He's a blue, and he's, he's a proper he's proper blue. Proper, and you know, the club of uh, probably he probably still wasn't feeling very well after all that kind of stuff. And he sent him a shirt, made his day, and. Um, so I thought that's a nice one to share, isn't it? This, this was probably in the skint days as well, where we could, where everyone could barely afford. It was uh, the yellow, it was the yellow Boca Juniors style kit. So I think it was last season. I was, a, I was at that new, wasn't yeah, it? So, oh right, I thought it was. It so was he's probably still on the recovery trail, trail oh, now, isn't he, Carl? Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing that with, uh, with us, and thanks for the email. You know, um, hopefully you enjoy this week's podcast as well. Um, but 
And hopefully you're feeling better, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I shared my favourite Everton memory, which was uh, just one that stood out with Barry Owen's goal. I didn't want it to be a negative one. I, I wanted to say uh, the FA Cup final or something like that. But the one that stands out the most, what's, what's your one? Do you know, mine's a, mine's a funny one, really, that some people probably won't really agree with. But I always I always like the last home game of the season where the players do the lap of the pitch at the end. I always get a little bit like... I get a little bit choked. A little bit choked up on yeah. them. And it's, it's quite emotional, isn't it? Because, you know, the, the, the players sort of acknowledge the fans. And and the, the one in particular was, was probably... As much as this has been soured a little bit now, you know, the, when Moisey left and, and, and Tim Cahill was there and, and, you know, Neville left as well, that, that was quite, that, you know, in recent years, that, that was quite a, a bit of a, a touching moment. I was, and I was very proud to be an Evertonian at that time. It is a shame that that's been kind of, you know, it, it, it's gone a little bit down and, it, you know, the, the, those well, two out of those three players have gone down in people's estimations and the other one has been... You know the a, a talking point as well in, in recent weeks. Um, it's a shame about that because that is a that is a top memory and it's like you it know is. it does show about our blue family again. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid picking obvious things. You know, I'm trying to avoid picking you know getting to a final or, or or doing whatever or going down to Wembley. I'm trying to avoid all those things. And I'm just saying you know something that is sort of sticks with you and. Yeah, that always does stick with me. That you know, that always is a nice little end to the season. I think when when the players come round and and acknowledge the supporters and everyone stays behind and and, and sings. So, uh, yeah. Not when Hibo scored his free kick. It wasn't a real goal. It was a friendly. <laughs> it wasn't a real goal. Uh, if it know. was, would that would that have been? Today, today, Hibbo score. If Hibbo ever scores in a real game, that day will undoubtedly be my greatest ever living Everton moment <laughs> of all time. Yeah, when when Dunk played his last game, that was quite an emotional one. You talking about the last games? Cause yeah. When he he had the penalty and he nearly fluffed it. He missed. Yeah. He missed the well. The goalie saved the penalty and he knocked in the rebound. And did we know that it was going to be his last game? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was sad. I remember when Billy Lettenoff played his last game? I, I, I just. Lads, can we move on? Do you know, it was that insignificant <laughs> for me. I don't remember. Can we just move? Can we just move on, please? Please. Yeah. So, uh, as I said last week, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna give Mark a sec. Billy. Um, back. We uh, we want you to send us your memories, your favourite memories, like you know, like the like we've just shared. Um, it can be like it doesn't have to be a goal or a game. It's just a moment that stands out. Like the you know Carl sharing that with us. It wasn't a voice clip, but um, send us your voice clips to not bitter, just better at outlook dot com. Um, and you know we want ones from you know I'm sure there's there's people listening who who've, who were there in the sixties and seen Alan Ball play and like through the seventies and saw Latch get his thirty and then through the glory years of the eighties and then. You know, our kind of generation is, is the 90s, so we can share that. But we want, from all generations, we want to hear your stories. In fact... And we, I'd like to hear things that aren't, you know... It's easy to say, oh, I was there in Rotterdam. You know, obviously there's going to be some great Rotterdam stories, but I'd like to hear something that maybe we don't know about. Some, like, just little insignificant thing that just stayed with somebody. I'd like it as well if, you know, we've got some of our younger listeners who have been, like, used to go to the match with the dad or the granddaughter or whatever... Get him on the vo- get him as a voice recording. Ask him, and like, and then let's let's get what uh, 
You know, someone who doesn't necessarily listen to the podcast and interview them and ask them what their favourite memory is. Someone who sort of starts interviewing going, what's this for, lad? Yeah. What, hey, what's this, what's this called? Cash that's... pod. What's a cash pod? <laughs> a cash pod? I don't know. Is that a wireless? And then you have to is explain that a wireless? it. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a radio, Grandad, but it's on your phone. On your phone? <laughs> a radio on your phone? Yeah. Bloody hell. Hellfire. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's what we want. Um, I completely forgot what I was going to say now. Where was it going to go next? I think we were just going to wind down and uh, towards the uh, preview of no, the No, I, I had something else I wanted to say. Um, Radio on your phone. Is it that? That's what threw me. No, there's definitely something else I wanted to talk about. Anyway, it'll come to me. Go on, move on. If it uh, comes to me in the West Ham preview, uh, then so be it. Yeah, don't forget, uh, after the West Ham preview and our little outro, we've got a few words with the bomber, so stick around for that. Um, and looking ahead at the West Ham game, did I say West Brom? No, you said West Ham. Oh, good. I thought I did that a little moment there. Uh, the West Ham game. Uh, looking at it on paper, before, if you know, when we saw the fixtures and we saw that Sunderland game, we saw the Swansea game, and we saw the West Ham game, we, we'd, look, we'd be looking there to take seven points out of those nine, really. I think people would be looking for nine out of those nine points. What, what, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, we, probably, yeah. Them, yeah. You know, coming into a little bit of form, yeah. There were games where we thought we've got a good chance here of putting a, a little run of games together. The, the reality of those three games is Swansea was a tricky game and we ended up getting a draw after dominating most of the possession, but they had the best chance. Um, the Sunderland game was a bit a bit of a washout. Uh, they could have had two players sent off, but, you know, again, well, we had one off the, they had one off the line in the last minute there so we could have walked away with a defeat and now this West Ham game they're in the best form of any West Ham team that I can remember for for the last what 10 years or so yeah um, are we going straight into the full preview now are we we're not yeah yeah we're we're not going to break off Um, you know it's that weekend uh, that we have to sort of give out a warning every every sort of season Uh, if you own any sort of pie or pastry shop uh, make sure that you, you put your shutters on your windows. Sam Allardyce is in town. He's bringing his gravy and he will be after your pies. So, you know, just heed this warning. If you go, if you if your pre-match routine is to get down to Sayers before the game, get there early because once Sam hits town, there's not going to be any pastry left anyway. Oh, you might be trying to nick all the pastries from uh, from players beforehand. Possibly. I don't think we're up. doing pies this week. Right. It's hot dogs. Hot dogs. Just, right. just in case we get gravy face badge in the door down. I think he'd, still, to get to the I think he'd still stick gravy on a hot dog. Dirty, <laughs> dirty gravy bastards. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> um, so, yeah, gravy face. Sam Allardyce rolls up with his, his West Ham uh, Harlem Glow Trotters, you could call them. They're, they're entertaining this season. Uh, just as uh, Mr. Gold and Mr. Sullivan told them they had to be. Um, he's bought a couple of strikers, hasn't he? He both looked at the, the real deal. Enna Valencia uh, and Diafro Sacco. So Sacco, he, he didn't quite manage to score in, in eight of his, of his first Premier League games. but He, he did score in seven. In which seven of bad. them, that's still pretty that, decent. That's, that's in his first, e- first ever seven yeah. Premier League games, he scored in all seven. I've always found in the past, players with the surname Sacco have always been pretty shit. Sacco, oh shit-o. Uh, as you could call them, but uh, but this one looks the real deal. Yeah, and you know they've got the fellow who I mentioned before who said I didn't want to criticise too much because I knew he was coming up, and he he he, uh, 
he's obviously going to get a lot of uh, copite to gobshites uh, and red red and white shite stick, and that's Stuart Downing. He's in decent form as well. He's an old chicken dance boy back to fitness now as well, but he's, he's, he's been on the one bench. of the players that, uh, that gravy face isn't allowed to play because he's too boring and everyone hates him. <laughs> yeah. Apparently so. Um, but another red and white shite that is back uh, and is possibly looking at a start, his first start in a good while on Saturday is uh, Andy Carroll. So Andy Carroll, so you know they've got they've got some striking options there as well, and they've got the you know the forgotten man who pops up every now and again with either a sending off like he did last season or the season before against us, and that's Carlton Cole. Um, you know, so you've got. I mean, that's a decent. I missed Andy options. Carroll's little comeback game the other week. Where he has he has he still got the ponytail or is it gone? Don't know. I'm missing it myself. So I don't know. Uh, if you if you still got a ponytail, it'd be terrible. <laughs> You will. Plays with ponytails are always terrible. Yeah. Michael Madar. You. Michael Madar. <laughs> I do. I think Michael Madar. Well, Michael Madar is a is 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 was a class class act. Right. Okay. No, I'm not laughing at. No, I can't say that was a straight face. Michael McCarr did okay. Michael McCarr. <laughs> Who's Michael McCarr? <laughs> Louis Sahar. How is your car? Um, Michael McCarr, Tessa. Uh, yeah, but you know they've got some good uh, attacking options. They've got uh, they seem to have showed up the defence a little bit. Yeah, they've always they've actually last few seasons they've always been pretty solid defensively. Haven't they? I think that's that was sort of the tag that that old uh, gravy boy was getting, and the fact that he was like fairly solid at the back, but didn't give you many options going forward. We haven't even mentioned you know the likes of Maro Zerati who they brought in this season, who's a you know a decent little tidy player. Um, so. You know, on paper, this could be a good open game. I mean, I'm more worried. You know, we spoke about West Ham's options there, attacking wise, uh, and we touched earlier on the podcast about how limited our defensive options are this week. That is a is of major concern to me at the moment. Well, I I I think that the the, the that that seven the seven defensive that core is going to have to sort itself out by hook or by crook. Um, I, I think a major problem we've got is even out to the fifth players. I mean, Coleman's bound to be knackered. Uh, you know, Jags. Jags has played in one game. Got you know, got injured and he'll be all right. Coleman and Jags will play. Yeah, oh. I, I would have thought so. I think you've got to now Coleman, Jags, this Dan. It's just whoever fills in at left back. I'm just. I'm as I said before. I hope it's Garby. I hope or I hope at least it's a left sided player rather than playing. I mean, it just. Downing still play on the go over onto the right and cut in. I think he. I actually think he's maybe been playing sort of like through the middle a little bit this season, but I may be wrong. He's a danger coming in from that side, yes, isn't yeah. he? You know, you know, and do you want? I mean, maybe maybe that's that's the option. You know, a right right footed player to block him and try and keep him on the outside because a right play, a right sided player is going to be able to block if he comes in inside. But then he's also going to. If, he's gonna, if he goes down to the byline, then he's going to get ripped, isn't he? Yeah. So um, it's a it's a tricky one that. But as I say, I think they're going to sort themselves out. There's there's not much option there. Are we I, looking at Bessic, Jimmy Mack in the centre of the park? I think, think so. I mean, if Gibbo's Gibbo's uh, not fully fit, um, there's no chance of Barry making it. Well, I, I think maybe we'll see Osman coming in the middle, centre of the park, maybe defensive. Um, yeah, well. I'm not saying he's a defensive midfielder, but I think maybe 
No. A little bit of a change of style, maybe McCarthy. No, no, I can't see it. Osmond, maybe Pienaar out on the left, and then either Naismith or Barkley. Well, this is ahead. this is. I think those, those seven. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any other options there. I think you're talking about the other four, whereas you're trying to fit in. You're trying to fit in Osman, McGeady, Pienaar, Etu, Naismith, Lukaku, possibly Morales. Have I missed anyone out there? Uh, McGeady. Oh, Barkley. Barkley. So. You've got eight there into four. <coughs> so, what you know? What do we do there? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw either Osman or possibly even Pienaar playing Barry's position, but not be as defensively minded as Barry, uh, and then allowing you to have a bit more uh, another attacking player on the field as well. So. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I think that is an option. But as I, I, if you'd asked me now to put money on it, I would say that we'll go McCarthy Besic. Yeah, I think I think we'll go with that. I think. Uh, I mean, that left side, that, that left side at the at the moment. If you've got Pienaar over there, he won't be with Bain, so maybe he might be lost a little bit, or he could add a little bit of seniority over there. It will give you a bit of experience down that left hand side. I think. I, I think it's probably time to bring Pienaar back in. Um, and then, you know, Naismith's going to be tired because he's played two sort of, you know, he's always all tired. action games for Scotland, hasn't he? You know, he played the Republic of Ireland in front of a, you know, a ferocious crowd at Celtic Park, and then he played England in front of an even more ferocious crowd at Celtic Park. Uh, he did a lot of running, uh, as he always does. So maybe you might see Naismith start on a bench, Barkley in behind Lukaku or Eto. Uh, or maybe even Barkley out on the right and Etu in behind Lukaku. Um, I, I think we'd possibly see Stevie Naismith on the bench just because he'll have a bit of fatigue. Barkley's going to be ready to go. He's hardly kicked the ball. So I think that might be the way the way for the weekend. Well, I hope. I, I mean, if he, if he plays Barkley and Naismith, one of them's going to be out of position. I hope he plays Naismith up top. Uh, I hope he plays Etu behind. And as much as people don't like it, if Morales isn't fit... I'd rather see Lukaku on the right rather than um, McGeady because McGeady's just too frustrating. Yeah, well, again, I, 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 I can't see McGeady starting the game for the fact that he's played he's played two games for Ireland and he's played the. the... Was it what about Rom? How did Rom get on in internationals? You know, uh, but he's a young younger lad, isn't he? Probably. Yeah, no idea, no idea. In all honesty, um, looking at a prediction for the game, I, I actually think this is going to be a tough, tough game. I really do. Um, you know, home advantage for the Blues. I think it's a winnable game, but I think West Ham are in good form, and I think they'll come to try and take something. It won't be like sort of West Ham's we've seen in the past that are happy just to come and play for a point. Definitely not. Uh, I'm going to predict an Everton win. Uh, I'm going to go two-one to Everton. Um, I think we might just be able to snatch it, uh, and I think a man to watch. Um, if he's making his comeback and he's an ex-Liverpool player. And we're a bit short on defence. We're really going to have to watch Andy Carroll. Yeah, it's the, the worrying thing is. I mean, is this is this offensive in a way that teams like West Ham are probably going to be looking at us and thinking we can go there and we can get the win there? Well, I think, <sighs> form at Goodison has, has been getting better. Our form in general has been getting better over you know the, sort of as, as the seasons progressed. Um, the last couple of seasons, Goodison's been one of the hardest places in the league to go to to win anything. So, no, I don't think clubs, you know, Gravy Face very much likes his stats, doesn't he? And he's into all his, 
his, his charts and his, his, his pay chart. He likes a pay chart. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, he'll be looking at that and he, he'll have probably worked out to the last finest detail the points ratio of away teams at Goodison and he probably realises it's particularly low. You know, on, on average, teams probably come away with half a point from Goodison or something. I, I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, no, I don't think I don't think there'll be a lack of respect there. Good. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully, you know, we will get that respect. We'll probably do what we always do, get a lot of possession. But hopefully, we've got that outlet. You know, we'll have either uh, Barkley or Morales who can keep hold of the ball. Hopefully, if Barkley does feature, he can get hold of the ball and keep hold of it a little, little bit better. And if Etu comes in, Etu will be fresh, won't he? Because he hasn't got any international. Yeah, I mean, there is a number of players there who, who obviously, like I say, you know, Barkley's been away training, but he hasn't kicked the ball, has he? So he's going to be fresh. Obviously, Pienaar, no internationals. Tim Howard hasn't been away. Lukaku, you know, I don't know how much he's played, if he's played at all. And as you say, you know, obviously Samuel Eto as well. So there is quite a few sort of fresh legs there. OK, good. So your, your prediction, your man to watch, sorted. Um, Mark's just taking a picture of the microphone randomly. I just noticed that it, the actual maker of the microphone's blue, so I was just going to put it on our Facebook saying even our um, podcast microphones are blue. Nice one, telling everyone that we're using cheap ass podcast mics. Hey, it's quality, <laughs> that. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for listening, Blues. Thanks for listening as always. On uh, do, do, do you still listen on SoundCloud, Blues? We need people to get in touch with us over this. We think that SoundCloud is, is dying a death because that's the outlet that we use through Facebook. And I've shared these stats over and over. Something like uh, less than 10% see our original posts, and then every post after that, it's something ridiculous, like less than 1% of our of our fan... I, say, I don't want to call it fan base, but you know, out of over 11,000 people who like our page, less than 1% see the links. Um, so we need to... See, shall we carry on with the SoundCloud? Or is it just iTunes these days? Let us know. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening and thanks for continuing to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, just go and search Not Bitter, Just Better on the iTunes store um, and you get the podcast to your device every Thursday night-ish to Friday morning. Thursday into Friday, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hearing us waffle about Everton, I know like the listeners down in Australia, they don't have a lot of blues to talk to. Um, so live through our banter and us talking about it that's grim nah. that, that is, is grim. grim that is grim yeah. we are representative sorry lads we are representative of a small minority <laughs> of Evertonians <laughs> who sit in the Gladys Street and haven't got a clue what they're talking about yeah true and yeah. we just captured it on um, MP3 and share it t- with you so there you go um, anyway as I said earlier on uh, stick around after our little outro, and we've got some uh, insight as to you know the bomber, how how he came up, uh, and you know what he th- what he thought about fights and how he got into it. And that looking forward to knocking him, knocking Nathan Cleverley's punk ass out on Saturday night. Um, yeah, so a double shout out at the end of the podcast this week. It's come on you Blues against West Ham, and come on the bomber. Come on, Blues, come on, bomber.
I had my first fight at 16. I was just coming towards the end of school, and I'll be honest, I was working on a door at 15, so I just thought, you know what, I'm I haven't got brains. I probably more brains in that wood than there is in my head, but to be honest, uh, it was fight me or, or go and work in factories or something like that because I'm not the cleverest, but, you know, it worked out, and uh, I've had a heavy job under the sun, so like I say, boxing's here. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky and blessed to be doing what I'm doing now, really. Uh, when, when you were growing up and starting out, who were your uh, idols in the boxing world? Yeah, my idols growing up, definitely John Conti was a massive, massive one. There's uh, loads, you know, listening to things, seeing things like the Mark in the Park with Jimmy and Andy, and now speaking to them and being mates with them, that's a bit crazy. Uh, on another scale, my favourite fighter ever was Riddick Bow, which not many people will all know Bow and Abel Bow to me was just like, I've got so many similarities with him from raiding the fridge to, uh, to, to losing me back in fights sometimes as people have seen, so you know, I've got a few, got a few things in common with him, losing in the press's weigh-ins and he was very famous, so I'm trying to move away from that a little bit now to be honest and getting more and more trouble the more I open my mouth. Uh, you, you made your, your professional je debut against Jamie Alder. Um, can you remember much of that night? Uh, yeah, I remember turning up at Nottingham and I remember Calm was fighting uh, Scott Lawton, so it was Stoke, who he supports, and Amaze Bolton. I remember there being absolutely made at the venue. Uh, that was what stuck with me. Uh, as for myself, I just got in there, mate, and he was just caught in a whirlwind, to be honest, his ass just fell out of his shorts, and he just... <laughs> He's fought an awful lot. I think he's had something like 70 odd fights, and not many people stopped him. I say, got rid of him in the second round and basically just, just punched him from pillar to post. Uh, so, a couple of years down the line, you were uh, 12 bouts, 12 wins, uh, not a bad start. Yeah, it was going all right, you know. It's, uh, it's, I've been, I was getting dragged along a four pace level for a long time, and uh, it, it took a while to get past that because the promoter didn't really want to push me. He had someone else in mind he was going to push at the time. So I was getting dragged along and then all of a sudden I jumped on a Commonwealth title and then I went from 8 round level to 12 round title fights and, and it all happened really quick. You know, I've only had 20 fights now and I've experienced an awful lot of things in them 20 fights. I've fought for the world title, I've fought for British Commonwealth titles, interim world titles now, but it's it's... You know, you see some fights, they fight 25, 35, 35 for the title. I was fighting for the Commonwealth title in the 12th fight. And then I was defending against unbeaten fighters, you know, you're like, see, about your safes and going in with danger, man, like over McKenzie and things like that. So I've learned and I've learned the proper way now. The top of my head was that McKenzie knocked you down twice, still come back and beat him, must take some determination. Yeah, listen, I was there, uh, I found myself in, in not a good place in that second knockdown. I mean, the first one wasn't really bothering me, but I'll be honest, the second one, I didn't see anything cause it. There was an explosion in me, it was like a bomb had gone off. So, you know, it was there. Uh, I looked, I remember looking out the ring and seeing uh, my missus crying sitting there, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to kill this. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the fights hundreds of times. I'm swearing at the ref while I'm getting up because the ref said, You sure you're alright? And I'm saying to the ref, What do you fucking think I'm one fight there? I just carried on doing the best I could, and uh, you know, I landed in the end, and it's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish to me.